DirecTV Stream brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And there's no annual contract. Get your TV together at directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. I want to be the best. I want to be the best. And that's why that's why I play the game. To be the best, you have to win. And that's what drives me. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. As always, I'm your host, John. Very happy to be here. My boy, Jay, he's over there in the six. How you doing, baby? Doing great, man. I'm, I'm ready. John, what did we say before this episode? There are some beasts in the East, and I'm ready to talk about them. And we got my guy Lance on here to do it. So, Yes, sir, man. Jay Hill, you said it best. There are some beasts in the East. So we knew. We got to bring a beast guest for this episode, man. So I'm so, so happy to have Lance back on. Lance, you didn't even got to introduce yourself, man. You a two-time guest, man. <laughs> hey, I appreciate being on this podcast. I, I mean, seriously, guys, thank you for having me on again. You know, I love being a two-time guest. Reminds me of being a two-time MVP. I'm Lance Caparossi. Follow me on Twitter, at Lance Caparossi, and check out my podcast, Everything Pistons, on all platforms. Yes, sir, man. So for all the fans, make sure you guys go check out all of Lance's work. I mean, everything's going to be in the description down below, links to everything. So make sure you guys go check that out. But if all that's out the way, you guys ready to talk about the beast in the East? Yes, sir. Let's do do it, man. Let's do it. So the way we're going to start this off, guys, is I'll just go ahead and uh, start off with my 15th seed. If you guys have any objections, feel free to throw them out there. We could debate it, man. Let me kick it off with my 15th seed. And I got to go with the Orlando Magic. Are there any objections for that 15th seed? Yes. Yes? Yeah, I got I got the Cleveland Cavaliers, the young front-loaded back like front court. I don't know what's going on there with, you know, K-Love, Evan Mobley who's obviously going to get a lot of minutes there, uh Jared Allen and then Laurie Markkinen who they just brought in from the Bulls. So I, that's who I got at the the 15th seed. I don't really know if they can compete with that backboard as well, I'm, I'm not too sold. And we talked about this in our episode of the Cavs, John. Um, and that is Darius Gardelin and Colin Sexton, Sexland. Uh, I don't I don't know if that backcourt can work. Uh, and that's a huge question mark. So that's why I think maybe we're going to possibly see Sexton on the move uh, before the deadline. And, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not really too sure what's going on there in Cleveland. So I have them at the bottom of the East until they work things out. What what worries you about their backcourt though? I they, I think they lack size. I think defensively they're they're they ain't it. And then when it comes to I, I I'm a huge Darius Garland guy. Don't get me wrong. Colin Sexton on the other hand, I don't I don't think he's a starting two guard uh, in the league. I think he's more of a I think he's more of a six man uh, spark plug off the bench. Um, and there's been you know there's been rumors. You believe what you hear. Uh, you don't you can't always believe what you hear, but there's, you know, some locker room issues that Sexton's had, you know, teammates. He's had confrontations with them. But, you know, you can only breathe so much of that. But that is a question mark that needs to be addressed. And at, for that reason, I have them at the bottom of the East uh, this upcoming season. It's interesting. I, so I got Orlando at 15. And, okay. you know, they're in my opinion, I just want to give my little two cents real quick. I think they're too inexperienced and – I don't know what you do with any – they have too many guards and it seems like it's too many front court players. I don't know who plays. I don't know who cracks the rotation. It just seems like it's – um. It, I mean, with an 
if you're coming in as a new coach, you're probably get, you look at that team and you're like, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. There's so many different lineups I can create, but man, at the same time, it's a headache because you got so many young, inexperienced players. You don't know who to play. So I'm, I'm with you. I, I think Orlando's number 15. Yeah. And that, that's the exact reason that I have at, at 15 really, because it, it kind of looks like, you know, like a, a team that you would see at the, at the rec league or something like that. I mean, it's got a bunch of uh, like Hoopers just put the ball on the bat, put the ball on the ground. And I just, I don't see how it's going to work out with Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, but I mean, it's a, it's a, t- it's a rebuilding team, man. So that, that's why they will be close to the bottom of the league, man. So let's keep it pushing and go to our 14th seed in Lance. I'm so sorry to have to do this, my guy. I'm sorry, Lance, but I got to put the Pistons. I have to put the Pistons in the 14th seed. Are, 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 there's probably an objection from you, Lance. How are you feeling about the 14th seed? Okay, so this might surprise you, but I'm at, I, I'm with you on this one as well. I actually have Detroit at number 14. I hope you guys weren't expecting an objection. This team is, man, they're, they're going to be better than they were last year. I saw a few websites that had them projected at 18 wins. I'm not buying that. This is a 28-win team, in my opinion. Not many more, but... They're a 28-win team. I like what they have. They got Cade Cunningham. Sadiq Bay has looked great in preseason, except for the ankle injury, but he looks more of like a complete offensive player. Jeremy Grant has taken a step forward. Isaiah Stewart, that second unit led by Corey Joseph and Kelly Olenek and Josh Jackson, that is going to be a scary second unit in the Eastern Conference. But, yeah, I'm with you. They're 14 in my opinion. Okay. Jay Hizzle, what's up? Uh, I got a yeah no I had flip flops my uh, so I got the magic shout out everyday magic by the way on Twitter um, no I got them just an inexperienced team obviously they brought in Jalen Suggs who you know showed flashes to ultimately I feel like you know Cleveland and and Orlando for me are going to be both at the bottom of the East uh, but I feel like they they are mortgaged um, their current roster obviously giving up Vucevic. Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier last year, they they made it clear that they're looking towards the future and building from there um, and, and, you know, giving away what current success they might have had, you know, this year or past season uh, for anything for the future. So, yeah, they're, they're, it's clear the direction they're going in. And I think it's, you know, just a year of growing and developing for them. So just another bottom of the barrel East team for me. So that's why I got them at 14. Okay. All right. So then let's keep it moving. Let's go to 13. And that's where I have the Cleveland Cavaliers at. And honestly, Jay, uh, no, a, a lot of the, a lot of the points that you brought up definitely, you know, is, is a concern to me, you know, that, that small uh, backward, the defense problems, but I just, I, I have a, I have a hard time seeing uh, letting Lloyd seeing believing that Lloyd marketing, Jared Allen, uh, Ricky Rubio players who have been in the league for some time will, you know, a, allow their team to be at like at the bottom of the barrel, man. So, that's why, and like how you said, Jay, you know, we, we have uh, Darius Garland who is continuously just getting better. And uh, hopefully this year the Cavs will be able to pick a direction between, uh, you know, giving Garland the game or giving, uh, or giving it to Sexton. But I, I definitely think that, that the, Cavs, the Cavs will be able to pull off that 13th seed this year. Lance, I've seen a smirk. You, you agree with me on that one? Yeah, no, me and you are, we're three for three so far. I have... Orlando, Detroit, Cleveland, Cleveland, number 13 for me. I'm not, I don't have as many concerns about their backcourts as either of you two have. I think Colin Sexton, he's, he's, he was a little bit more efficient last year. He started taking more three point shots. He's able to get to the lane. He finishes. I love that guy's confidence. 
I love his swagger when he's on the floor. One thing about Cleveland, I'm not going to be watching a lot of their games, but I did happen to catch a little bit of their game a couple nights ago, I believe. And they had this weird lineup in where they had Jared Allen, Kevin Love, and Evan Mobley on the floor together. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe I will catch a few games because that is an interesting front court. That's a lot of size. And I'm just curious, and I am excited to see how they use Evan Mobley on that team. Man, but they're 13 man. for me. So. 13. Jay, what's up with you? You got a three-way agreement here or what? Oh, no. This no, is for 13th, right? For 13th, yeah. Nah, I got – this is a shocker. And, I, and I'm, I'm falling back on what I said in a previous team interview. And this is from – this team is one of – a team who lost their best player uh, and who's been, you know, their franchise uh, hub for, for many years. And that's the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Shout out my guy, Oko. I got them at 13. I think, number one, starting the season, they're going to be starting slow with Pascal Siakam, their all-star, you know, forward who's going to be out and who I'm not completely sold on as a player. You know, I think he has his flashes, but I want to see that development first, you know, that he can be that number one option because they've certainly paid him to do so. And then, but I do see the development of, you know, OGN and OB and, you know, Fred Van Vliet, obviously as a great score can score with the best of them in the league. Uh, I would like to see his efficiency, you know, take a step up, but I don't know if that's possible because they're going to rely on him to take a lot of shots. And obviously Scotty Barnes, a player who they brought in, he, he shows, a, he shows a lot of promise. I think he's going to be a great player, but obviously it's going to take some time for him to, to, to get to the level that they need him to be at in order to compete. And obviously at the bottom, the, the these last four teams for me can really flip flop, but I have the Raptors at a, as a team who's developing, but who knows they could shock me and be, right up there if Siakam comes, you know, ready to play. And Nick Nurse is obviously one of the best coaches, in my opinion, in the East. Uh, so, but I, for right now, I have them as my 13. Can I just say that is an awesome pick for number 13? Because I have them a little bit higher. That is a great – I I man, I, I don't want to sleep on the Toronto Raptors, but, you know, you made a lot of excellent points. They have a lot of question marks all throughout their roster. They have some good, young, exciting players – they're going to take on larger roles going forward, which I think is great. But, man, I'm with you. There's just so many question marks. I wish I would have put them a little lower. Trusted my gut on that a little more. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing to do because they have that, you know, that pedigree, that championship pedigree. They've won with a lot of those players. But they brought in a lot of youth and a lot of question marks. So that's why. Yeah, I think – What's oh, up, Lance? Go ahead. I was going to say the. I think the biggest question mark is who really takes over as the leading scorer on that team. The right. favorite would have to be Pascal. They did bring Scotty Barnes. He's not much of a scorer right now, but I mean, who knows? It could be Fred Van Vliet or OG Ananubi, like you were saying. Uh, yeah, well, Jay, Jay, one more thing, one more quick thing, and this just shows me. Even if it's just a brief thing, there was a press conference where Nick Nurse was asked, you know, who's starting tonight. And he said, you know, Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. And he said, oh, excuse me. No, not Kyle Lowry, Goran Dragic. And I, that just, to me, it just shows that they're going to be missing Kyle more than a lot of people ha have realized. And I think that's going to be something they're, they're going to have to work on and develop and get, getting an identity without Kyle Lowry as a leader. I think leader number one. And then obviously you spoke on Lance's that go-to guy as well. So that's why I'm just hesitant to put them any higher than 13. Yeah, Jay, and and you know you 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 it looks like you read my show notes, Jay, because I got right here that I don't know if they got an identity. 
I don't know if the Raptors got an identity after after Kyle Lowry's leaving. And like how we said, Jay, you know, uh, we were talking about the Clippers on the Western Conference uh, preview. And what did I say? I said a team with no identity has no direction. And I think that this this team, I have no identity. Therefore, will have no direction. And that's why I got the Raptors in my 12th seed. Lance, 12th seed, do we have an agreement again? <laughs> Who do you – uh, I so actually have Washington at number twelve. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so so go ahead. Talk talk to us. Oh you man, you know uh, it's tough Let's to start. say for Washington because I like Bradley Beal. I'm not a huge fan of his game, but I respect him as a player. I know what he can do on a basketball floor. I think they're going to rely a lot on Kyle Kuzma this upcoming season. I think Spencer Dinwiddie's going to be relied on. There's a lot of mouse defeat. And then you got Roy Hachimera. I don't know where he's at. I don't even know if he's even with the team right now. And he's a good player. And then they just have a lot of question marks as well, man. And they got a young coach. And I believe it's Wes Un- Unsell Jr. Might be getting his name wrong. I apologize for that. But, you know, they got a rookie coach coming in. They got a lot of question marks. And then they got the whole storyline of, the trade rumors of Brad, around Bradley Peel. Is he going to stay or are they going to trade him? That's going to be surrounding this team, and that is why they are number 12 for me. But I could easily see them as a 15, 14, or 13 seed as well. Man, Lance, while we're talking about the Wizards, man, I got to say, while I was doing my, my my show notes, I just I kept going back and forth about the Wizards because I feel you there are so many concerns. But and then when I look, when I look at the, the roster, you know, I see uh, uh, Bradley Beal, a, a proven bucket getter. We all know, you know, he's one of the greatest scorers right now see Spencer Dinwiddie you know he's I know he's coming off a year of injury but he we know he can put the ball in the basket um but my biggest concern and and why I just could I I have him having a hard time seeing that seeing the this the Wizards have a good season this year is because of what you said they're gonna have to rely on Kyle Kuzma let me tell you something Lance I'm a Lakers fan I watched every Kyle Kuzma play for the since he's been on the team, and it's hard to rely on Kyle Kuzma, man. Like he'll he'll give you a night where he's going out there, he's cutting, he's getting a lot of steals, getting a lot of breakaway layups, playing some good defense, and then next day he'll just be missing every rotation. It will be late, man. So it's just to, it, it, that right there is where I am just am having my biggest concern is that the fact that they're going to have to rely on Kyle Kuzma and the defense, man. The defense also in Washington is slim to none, man. So. I, uh, I I feel you on that. I have the Wizards a bit higher, but I really do feel you on that, Lance. But uh, but Jay Hill, what's up, Lance? What's up? Oh, I just wanted to say, like, I'm not, like, I like Kyle Kuzma's game. I just don't like him as one of the top options on a team. I think your team is significantly worse if Kyle Kuzma is averaging anywhere from 16 to 20 points per game, which he's capable of doing. It's just I like him in a smaller role and that is it. But I think feel like with the Wizards, he's going to get more of an opportunity to showcase those offensive abilities. And it's not going to lead to a lot of wins for the Washington Wizards. Yeah, man. But but Jay, t- talk to us about who you got in that 12 seed. Yeah, no, I got the in my 12 seed. So I just want to talk about a little bit about Nick Nurse. I want to start off about Nick Nurse. So from 2013 to 2018, Nick Nurse was an assistant coach. And you know who he was an assistant coach for? Dwayne Casey, the head coach of the <laughs> the head coach of the Detroit Pistons. And here's why that is important. Number one, he developed he translated he developed the Toronto Raptors into a contending team. Brought them all the way to in twenty I believe twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen to the Eastern Conference Finals and lost to you know LeBron none other than LeBron James. 
But we, the reason that's important is he inherited a young team, you know, in the Detroit Pistons. And that's why I have them at the 12th seed with, you know, Cade Cunningham, Killian Hayes, who I am really, really love to see the development there from those two. I feel like Killian Hayes is going to take a step in his development. Obviously, he battled with injuries, struggles last year. I think Isaiah Stewart's a, a solid big. You know, he's going to continue to develop as, you know, with the role. They're believing him. They got rid of uh, Mason Plumley, shipped him out just because they believed in him so much. And then Sadiq Bey, who's another a very underrated. And we talked about this, Lance, uh, when you, we had you on the show, a very underrated player as well, who was not talked about a lot in his rookie campaign. And he did numbers. He's a great shooter, can defend as well. And I think that they're going to be competing. I think Cade is so ready to play as well. So I know I'm not going to go too much about, on about the, the Detroit, but I think they're un, in great hands with Dwayne Casey and they're going to be competing. They're going to be in a lot of games. I think they, they may not win them all, but they're going to be either winning or learning this year. So I think they're in a good position in that 12 seed this year. Man, and, and every L is a lesson, Jay. So, so both ways that they will be winning, man, both ways. So, all right. So then let's keep it pushing, man. And let's go to hit this 11 seed, the last seed to not make the play in game. And that is where I got just one of my favorite teams, man, in, in the Eastern conference. And that's the Hornets, man, just such a fun team to watch. I'm upset that they're not going to make the play in, man. But I just think they're, they're just a bit too young right now to be able to compete with these other teams. On Like when you look at these teams that I have above them, it's just hard to say, wow, this young team is going to be able to last an 80, uh, 82 game season against these seasoned vets who know what they're doing, who know when to turn it up, when to slow it down. So I just have a really, really hard time. Uh, given the Hornets that, that notch into the play-in. But, man, did I want to, because I like that team. Miles Bridges, LaMelo, that team is exciting, man. Humbly, humbly, diddly do. <laughs> but, Jay, talk to me about who you got in your 11th seed. I have the Washington Wizards uh, in my 11th seed. And I and I, so, obviously, you know, we had that last 11th spot, John. Yeah. Like, the same four teams, just in different order. But uh, I think they're going to be the odd odd team looking out there just because simply, you know, a lot's going to be on the shoulders of Bradley Beal. And I don't believe last year he had Russell Westbrook, um, who they went on that run at the end of the season in order to make the playing game. And I feel like, Kyle, as you mentioned, Kyle Kuzma, they're going to be relying on him. Spencer Diddy, I like that pickup, but I, I don't think the supporting cast is at that level when you lose a guy like Westbrook, who's putting up those stats night to night. And I think that's a glaring deficiency that, that they're going to be having. And, and honestly, for, for the Wizards sake, I, I hope that they make the play in game and, and that they're competing because honestly, Bradley Beal is going to be looking at the door and he's going to say, Hey man, you, we, I, I've, I'm, I can stay or I can leave and go to a contender and team where I have a chance to win. Cause I've got all the accolades. I've got the scoring titles, you know, I've done this and that, that, but at the end of the day, I want to win. Man, and Jay, you know, just just to, t to talk a little bit about Bradley Beal, like, I, I, if I, if I'm, you know, from the third party, like, look out, looking in, I'm like, what, why didn't Bradley Beal make this decision like two seasons ago, man? Like, he's just been so dominant. So, man, Jay, like, if they don't do something this season, like for real, if Bradley Beal might really be gone because a lot of people in the league are like, you should have been gone. So, all right, man. But Lance, who you got in that 11 seed? Let me just say real quick, I when you said Charlotte, I wrote down by their name, 
wow, he doesn't believe in the Charlotte Hornets because that is <laughs> not to have him in the playing game is wow, that's crazy, man. But you know, I, I believe in him a little bit more. But at number 11, I have Toronto. I said I could see them at 13, but I do have them at number 11. I, I mean, I, I kind of like that makeup of teams where they don't have a true superstar, they don't have a true guy that they can rely on, but they have enough guys that can shoulder the load from game to game. So that's why I like Toronto. I have them, I have them at number 11. They're one of these teams that I think could get into the play-in game, but it depends on who steps up and becomes that true number one. It's a team that I can easily see in the bottom three of the Eastern Conference, but also in that play-in position to make the playoffs. All right. All right. So then let, let me go on to my 10th ten, seed here. The, the team that – the, the last team that makes the, the, this play in, man. And, you know, honestly, guys, as, as we've been talking, you know, Lance been making some great, great points. Jay Hill, you you too. And I'm I'm looking to myself. I'm like, man, I shouldn't have put this team in the 10th seed. But I got to say it now, dog. I have the Wizards in the 10th seed. De- definitely a mistake. I definitely shouldn't have had them there, man. Uh, but when I was looking at the list, I'm just like, man, Bradley Beal and Spencer Dinwiddie are not going to let him go down like that. But with all the points that you guys made, man, it's, it, 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 it's convinced me, you know, just in this little time, man, because I just I, there's, a, there's a lot of glaring issues with, with the Wizards. Maybe I was being a little bit too optimistic when I was making my list, man. Well, the thing with Bradley Beal is like he puts up these big numbers. I think he averaged 30 a game last night. I mean, last season, it just it almost seems like it's empty stats, though. You know, I mean, there, he has some clutch plays. He's been known to hit a few big buckets and everything. But, man, when you're a 30-point scorer, your team should be in every game. When you are putting up that many points, when you are the focal point, it should be – you should be having your team in position to win almost every night. That is what I believe. If you can put up that kind of – if you can put up that kind of points per game and you have – and you shoulder that much of the offensive load, you know, your team should be in position to win every night. That's just my belief with the Washington – with my belief with Bradley Beal. Yeah, man, that, that Bradley Beal situation is definitely sticky, man. But, Jay, talk, talk to us about who you got in that 10th seed. The 10th seed, I'm right with Lance, you know. The, the, the Charlotte Hornets have the have the, the rookie of the year last year, LaMelo Ball. And I think there's no question, despite that, dare I say, historic preseason loss to the Dallas Mavericks last night, uh, I don't think that's any indication of how this regular season um, – will go. I think that the, you know, led by James Borrego, they're, they're a great team, a great young, talented team with the additions of, you know, Ish Smith, Kelly Oubre, um, to, to name a few. And I think that they're in, in the right position to be, if not the 10th seed or higher. I think that a healthy Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier elevating his scoring to another level last season. And I think he's going to take that into this season and hopefully a, a healthy, a full healthy season from LaMelo. Uh, there's no telling what, and the emergence of Miles Bridges as well. There's no telling what the, the Charlotte Hornets can do this season. And that's where I'm very high on what they, their, their potential for this season. But for right now, I'm going to put them as a solid 10th seed. Man, I should have I should have put the Hornets as my 10th seed. I don't know what I was doing. I don't know what I was doing, man. Sorry. So then let's let's keep it pushing and let let's go to the ninth seed, man. And that's where I gotta go with Tina surprised everybody last year, man, including myself. And that's the New York Knicks, man. That's the New York Knicks. And and you know, last year we definitely saw the, the emergence of the Knicks. No one saw that, no one saw that coming. And then this offseason, 
they go and they pick up Kem- they go and pick up Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier, a solid uh, a one two. We hope that Air- Air- R.J. Barrett is going to take another huge is going to take a, a huge leap this year. We hope that Julius Randle is really going to take another uh, to be real like superstar leap because the way he was playing last year was definitely on a star level, man. So if he can take that superstar leap and take a, and, and take them to the to the next level, that'd be great. And then where where I really am holding on to the Knicks is Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, Obi Toppin, man, like that is a heavy, heavy, heavy front court. And they can, they can run it so many different ways. Cause they're three kind of not, not, they're not, they're not di- relatively, they're not extremely different players, but you can play them in many different ways, man. So I'm very, very excited about the Knicks in that front court, but Lance, you want to kick off the, who you were ninth seed is? Yeah. So my, my ninth seed is the Charlotte Hornets. They're my team at number nine. They're, I, I think they finished around 10th or 9th last year. I believe in LaMelo Ball. I think he's going to take another step. I like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier playing off. I like role players like P.J. Washington and Miles Bridges. I mean, I even like Mason Plumlee. He was on Detroit last year. I think he's the perfect pick-and-roll, pick-and-pop center for LaMelo Ball. And I really like James Booknight as well. They drafted him in the first round. He's another guy that I think once, you know, he gets used to the NBA speed, he's going to be a real player for them. And I think they're going to be, the Charlotte Hornets are going to be able to slide him right into the starting lineup. And they're going to be a team that's, you know, going to make some noise for a handful of years going forward. Man, okay. I like that pick. Jake, talk to us about your ninth, uh, your ninth seed. With my ninth seed, I got a team with a lot of injury concerns, and that's the Indiana Pacers. I love the addition or the signing or whatever you want to call it of Rick Carlisle, bringing Rick Carlisle back, you know, a coach with a championship ring uh, there in Dallas. One of the best coaches, you know, whatever you want to say about him, he has his flaws just like any coach, but I believe him to be one of the bet, one of the premier coaches in the league. You know, he can elevate players who fit by into his system to uh, elite levels. Um, and I think he's inheriting a great team with the likes of Mel- Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, who Miles Turner and Demona Sabonis, who I talked about as a question mark of them in the front court. Can they work? Uh, how will Rick, Rick Carlisle use them? Is Miles Turner a Rick Carlisle guy? I don't know, but that's my hesitancy in having them so low. Will TJ Warren come back? Is Karis LeVert going to be healthy? But I think at a full healthy roster, Indiana is one of the you know better rosters you know in terms of depth uh in in the league sorry in the east but for right now i have them as the ninth seed hey what's up lance go ahead Well, i was gonna say i have indiana at number 10 and i'm with you health is the biggest concern if they're healthy for the majority of the season i know they're getting karis lavert back i believe shortly and then i think justin holiday is out for a couple of weeks now. But if they can get healthy, man, this is a team that I could see easily getting inside the top 10, being like a seventh or sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. They got great experience. They got a rim protector in Miles Turner. They got a go-to guy in Sabonis. He can do a little bit of everything. He was an all-star last year. They got Malcolm Brogdon, who, you know, he's proven he can be a 20-point scorer, but I think he's also part of the 50-40-90 club. He's an incredibly efficient guard. He can play point, play off the ball. He's a great player. Karis LeVert, I've already mentioned him. Um, TJ Warren, he's another good scorer. We can't forget about the bubble games, the bubble massacre he put on everybody. You know, they're, they're a good team. They got to stay healthy. I'm with you on that, man. 
So, so Lance, my question for you is: uh, Are are you you're sold on Sabonis as your one option for the for the Pacers? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of tough because, like, I would love to see him. Man, I would I would love to be see him in. I would love to see him be play with like another dominant scorer. Like, if you had Sabonis and Bradley Beal, like if you could combine the Wizards and the Pacers, right. I think that team would do really, really well. Like, you just play Sabonis in the high post and let him facilitate and control yeah. and you know just control the offense and have a guy like Bradley Beal play off of him. It would be amazing. But for a team like Indiana where they don't get a lot of superstars, yeah, I think he's the perfect number one option for him. Okay. Okay, man. Mr. Okay. Sabonis, hey, Jay Hill, you know I'm a number one fan of Sabonis, man. I like yeah. Sabonis a lot. <laughs> yeah. But all right, man. So then let's let's keep it pushing, man. Let me let me give you my eight seed. And that's where I have the Pacers, man. And, and I really wanted to put them so much higher, man. I really did. And that's because every single year they have a good roster. You guys just talked about it, man. They have their go-to guys. They have their role players. They have their rim protectors. They have their shooters. But they never put it together every single year. And it's so frustrating. But now, you know, with the with a veteran coach like Rick Carlisle, I know Jay talked about his history. He's a, he's a proven winning coach. I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm a glasses half full type guy. man. I'm just hoping that the Pacers are going to be able to put it together this year, man. And they just really got a squad like they really got a squad. And if, if injuries don't get in the way, I see no reason as to why they can't be eight seed or even higher. You know, Lance, you said in that in that top 10, like I could definitely see him in that top 10 as long as injuries and they don't get in their own way. But Jay, you, you want to talk about who you got in your AFC? Yeah, no, I'm gonna. This this one's gonna surprise you, or maybe maybe it doesn't surprise you. But a team who made arguably one of two of the biggest pickups in the off season, and that team is the Chicago Bulls. Wow. Demar Derozan and Lonzo Ball. I have them at my eight seed, and here here's why: they have elite scores. You know, with the likes of, you know, in in the guard position, they got. Zach Levine, one of the premier young scorers in the league. They added DeMar DeRozan, the mid-range god himself. <laughs> and they have Nikola Vucevic, who is an elite uh, stretch five, can score and put this back to the basket as well. And we saw his passing emerge uh, last year as well when doubles came on him. And then they got Lamelo, Lamelo, uh, sorry, L- Lonzo Ball and added uh, Alex Caruso as well. So I think they have a lot of nice pieces there. Billy Donovan's a great coach, but I think it's going to be a process for them. I don't think right away they're going to be winning some games. They're going to fi- be figuring things out. So I think in the regular season, they might start go start slow just to get used to playing with each other. And I th- question leadership from that, that. I look at that roster and I'm just like, ah, I don't really know who's going to be that alpha guy there. My, it's probably going to end up being Zach Levine. But I think a lot of them are just, you know, just quiet guys. DeMar DeRozan, obviously, is, you know, more laid back, just gets gets the job done. Vucevic as well. But I think they're going to be a team who comes on strong at the end. And I think in playoffs, I think they're going to be a very tough out. There's They're extremely talented, young roster, hungry. I love the addition of Alex Caruso. I think that's a great addition as well. I'll add that to the the mix as well. He's we, He proved his value with the Lakers as well. So, that's why I have them at the eight seed now. I think they're going to start off slow and then emerge as the season st- uh, progresses. If everything clicks like you're saying, how high do you think the Chicago Bulls can get? I think they could potentially be a top four seed if Ooh, everything clicks. Yes. Top four, five, top four or five seed. But 
I'm hesitant right now. Just I need to see them play some regular season action. So that's why I have them the eight seed. But they're going to be, I think they can win, you know, they're going to get out of the play-in game uh, if they're in that position. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they're higher than the eight seed. All right. So I agree with you, and I have them at the eight seed. One one thing that concerns me about them, one, rim, rim protection. Like, I don't know if Vucevic is a good enough rim protector for him. I love his offensive game. I love Zach Levine. He is easily one of my favorite players in the league. I love the I love the addition of DeMar DeRozan, and not even just for, as you alluded to him, Jay Hill, as being the mid-range god. The thing I love about DeMar DeRozan, and a lot of people overlook it, how many open three-point opportunities he gives his team just by operating in the mid-range. I love the addition of Lonzo Ball. Patrick Williams is going to come back. And then the Bald Mamba, Alex Caruso, he's there as well. This is a team, I have him at the eight seed. I was being a little safe, but I can see them as easily as the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. Also, Colby White, he's a sneaky six-man-of-the-year candidate. I think he is going to thrive in that role. And, you know, it's just it's just a good team overall. I don't really know how much I trust Billy Donovan, though, because this guy has coached some great players and hasn't gotten it done. So that he might be the weakness of this team, in my opinion, is Billy Donovan as the head coach. But overall, they've been playing great in preseason. They have a ton of guards they can throw at you, so many different lineup combinations. I expect them to play fast and hard every single night. And I hate to even say talk the Bulls up as much as I am, considering I'm a Pistons fan. But, <laughs> yeah, the Bulls have been good. They've looked good so far. Yeah. Yeah, man. And honestly, for, for the thing with the Bulls is it's it's such a – we I know we need to see it, you know, the, uh, on paper and in, in actual practice is two different things. But, man, when you look at it on paper, the team really – fits and it, it really works out DeMar is going to open up so many uh, like how you said Lance going to open up so many three-point shots for a lethal three-point shooter in Zach Levine we know we know Kobe Wright also has that has that strap on him too man so it'll it, it'll definitely be a real exciting year for the Bulls I don't have him in the eighth seed but we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there man so here here we go here we go guys I have to ask you guys this is is my seventh seed a hot take because look at this, guys. I have the Boston Celtics in the seventh Okay. That, oh, my gosh. There are some people that will say it's a hot take, but I have them right around seven as well. Like, I right. don't – you know, it, it's weird for Boston because they have, they have all the banners, the pedigree. Mm-hmm. You hear the name Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. You hear the name Jalen Brown. But that's all they got. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it. You know, I mean, Al Horford's a little older. I, I mean, I like Marcus Smart in the role that he is, but he is who he is. Robert Williams hasn't taken that step offensively. They just signed Ennis Cantor over the offseason. He's a liability defensively. They're, they're with a new coach. Brad Stevens has taken a step back, and now he's up in the front office. I don't know. And then they just signed Dennis Schroeder as well, who's made some head-scratching decisions the past couple of offseasons. But, <laughs> yes, and for some people that is a hot take, but, man, I agree with you. That they are the seventh seed. Lance, I'm so happy that you agreed, dog. Because I was, I was writing this up. I was like, should I, do, should I even say this on the podcast? Like, am I gonna get flamed by everyone? But nah, dog. Like when I look, when I look at their team, like you know, I did, I, I see the Jalen, uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, two absolute great individual players. I mean, I agree. Jason Tatum's a great player, but I mean, look at the way Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown score. They 
dribble, dribble, dribble. I'll create my own shot. I mean, as basketball players, we know players who are just dribbling, dribbling, dribbling. What are the other four players doing? Standing around and watching you. That's not real basketball. That's not a, a top five seed in the East basketball, man. And Lance, uh, like how you mentioned, you know, they added Dennis Schroeder. Uh, I'm a Lakers fan. Unfortunately, I just had to watch him for an entire year. And that's what he does, too. He he isn't a, a Clay Thompson type player where he can just be so good without the ball. Like, no, he needs the ball in his hands to be able to impact the game positively. So this. Jalen Brown and so does Jason Tatum. So now you got three players just in the starting lineup who, in my opinion, are the same type of scores with only one ball on the court. To me, man, that is just like problems. I, I, I just I just see huge problems. And like how you said, Lance, a 36-year-old Al Horford starting mm, for an 82-game season, I don't know how long he's going to last. I'm just having a really, really, really hard time seeing the Celtics team being any higher though. What's up, Lance? So the one thing that concerns me about Boston is I don't know who, I mean, I know Dennis Schroeder will plug in as the point guard, but they need a real facilitator, someone that can control the offense. Their best facilitator on the team is Al Horford, and he's 36 years old. Do you really want the ball going through him at this stage of his career? I would have loved to see Boston. I know they got Peyton Pritchard. I don't think he's ready to take on that role as lead man for the point at the point guard spot, but in my opinion, they need a point guard, a guy that can facilitate and run the offense. But I really want to be uh, – I just want to say something, too. I actually have them as the sixth seed, but I was – I could flip my seventh and sixth real easily, you know, okay. with um, Boston. But I do agree with you. I do think that they're closer as a sixth or seventh seed than they are in the top four. A couple hey – yeah. guys, a, a, sorry, yeah. real quick, Jay, just one last thing. Uh, a, you know, a couple of years ago, the East was a joke. A couple of years ago, this is a good enough team to land you a top five seed in the East. But the East is not a joke no more, man. So that that's really – and with all those reasons and with the fact that the East has got so much better, Celtics bumped down. But what's up, Jay? My fault? I got – yeah, no. I, I think my six and seven are flippable. But a team I got lower is a team who made a 20-win jump last year. And this team – call me a hater. Call me ignorant. But I'm a, I am consider myself a realist. And the New York Knicks overachieved last season. And, and the reason is Tom Thibodeau played his guys into the ground. And that was evident when they played the Atlanta Hawks. They ran out of gas. You could, you could say it was this game plan, call it what you want. I just saw a team that ran out of gas when it came down to it. A team whose best player, Julius Randle, you could say he had no options, but you, you could see the shots that he hit throughout the regular season. You could say it was the schemes. But I think he just ran out of gas. And Tom Thibodeau is known for running his guys into the ground. And I have no reason to believe that it will be any different this season. He believes he sticks to his gun, guns. He's stubborn about that. And I think I love the additions of Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier. Don't get me wrong. And obviously, hopefully they're healthy. They have a healthy Mitchell Robinson and Nerlens Noel. I like their and the emergence of RJ Barrett, I might add as well. But I think they just overachieved last season to the point where I think it's going to be hard to replicate and top the way that they, what they did last season. So that's why I have them um, at, at the seven seed for right now. So I actually have them at the seven seed as well. And they're a team, man, I'm with you. They're a team that I think, they, I do think they overachieved a little bit last year. You know, they were good defensively. They had a hard time putting up points. Julius Randle, he's one of my favorite players in the league. I'm a huge fan of his. 
But man, he hesitated so much in the playoffs. And I don't know who else they rely on. Derrick Rose is getting up there in age. But I, I mean, his game, you know, it's still, he still played pretty well. Hopefully, RJ Barrett, you know, continues to make that emergence and become that better player that we all think he can be. Kemba Walker's a nice addition. He has some knee issues. But, you know, I mean, Mitchell Robinson, Nerlens Noel, see how they play. Uh, Obi Toppin, I believe Taj Gibson is still on the team getting minutes. And, you know, I think they're going to miss the shooting of Reggie Bullock on this team a lot. You know, he opens up the floor for, you know, a guy like Julius Randle to do his thing. New York, I have them at number seven. It's not firm. I feel like I should have wrote it with a pencil so I could have erased it. But, um, yeah, this is a team I see them no higher than seven, but I, I can see them much lower than seven as well. Okay. All right. I like I, I like that. I like that mix in number seven, man. But, all right, so then let, let's keep it moving, man. Let's get to my sixth seed in. I don't even know if this is a hot take anymore, guys. Like, this team has had so much drama this offseason. I got the 76ers. The 76ers. Call me crazy. Call me whatever. I know they were the number one seed last year. I know they were the number one seed last year. But let's look at this. The Ben Simmons, it, this Ben Simmons saga wasn't the issue last year. Like, that, like that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that, wasn't, that wasn't the problem. And if you take away, I mean, like, uh, if you take away Ben Simmons, I know Ben Simmons said, oh, I'm going to, and now he said he's going to come back, which that's a whole nother discussion. That's just like the worst decision he could have made. Like he publicly shamed, they rejected them. They came back, whatever. But basically if you take, if you take Ben Simmons out of the 76ers, in my opinion, they're significantly worse team. Significantly. They would have not got that number one seed last year if they did not have Ben Simmons. And so I, 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 I know that and believe that in my heart. And then I look to myself, I say, what other NBA GM, because I mean, oh yes, Ben Simmons is offensively limited, but he's a great defensive player, man. He's bringing so much on defense, right? So you would have, if you're trading for Ben Simmons, you would have to give something up of value. You would have to give some, maybe not the biggest value, but you would have to give something up. And my question, I asked myself, what NBA, what NBA GM look is happy with giving up something of value, getting a player who is not playable in the playoffs, is not playable. We just saw this. He cannot play in the playoffs. Teams know how to scheme against him. So I am having a hard time seeing and seeing the Sixers be able to do anything. If Ben Simmons comes back, okay, chemistry is a real thing. He just publicly rejected his entire team. I, if I was his teammate, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely feeling iffy about that, right? I'm definitely feeling, especially if that's supposed to be my best player, um, the second best player on the team, my leader. So I have a lot, a lot, a lot of doubts about 76ers because I don't, is Ben Simmons just going to hold out all season? It, are they going to get a trade? It's just up in the air, and that's why they fell to my sixth seed. I know it sounds crazy, y'all, but talk to me about your sixth seed, Lance. So my sixth seed is Boston, just because they have a rookie head coach. Brad Stevens has stepped down. Um, I, you know, I made – I love Jason Tatum. I love Jalen Brown. I love both their games. I just don't know if they're enough to um, get them any higher than the sixth seed this season. Okay. Jay, what's up with the sixth seed? Yeah, I'm right there with Lance. I got the Boston as my sixth seed. Not not too sold on uh, Udoko as, you know, coming into his rookie year. It's just adjustments. It's going to be a season of adjustments uh, for him. Uh, obviously, Al Horford, they've made it clear. Or I think the starting day, uh, starting lineups is going to be Horford and Robert Williams at the four and the five, respectively. But I, I don't believe in Dennis Schroeder as, you know, their playmaker that they need. We saw what happened uh, with the Lakers. Obviously, you can mark, mark that up as injuries, but I don't think he was the 
the point guard for them. We saw at times he wasn't even on the floor because they didn't have a distributor. Um, so, and, and then you, you, is Jason Tatum going to take that leap as, as the player we all know he can be? Obviously, you saw the flashes. If he's, if he's on and he's locked in and he's giving that effort on both ends of the floor, no one in the league is stopping him. But is he going to do it consistently? I don't know. I'm still not sold on Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum as a pair as well. So that's why I have my doubts, and that's why I have him in the sixth seed. Okay. All right. So let's move on to this <laughs> this uh, risky territory, man. This is a top five territory. So let me go ahead and kick off my number number fifth seed. And that, unfortunately, guys, I really wanted to put them higher, but I just can't is the Atlanta Hawks, man. I really, really, really wanted to put the Hawks higher. They're such a good young team. They got such a good, talented young core. But the problem is, if you look at these, at, or at least on my list, and in my opinion, if you look at these four teams above them, I just can't realistically tell you that the Hawks are going to have a better season than them. So that, like, I genuinely have no reason besides that the East got so much better that the Hawks had to fall to, 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 to the fifth seed, man. But Lance, you're not, you're not looking like you agree with me on this one. <laughs> no, I, I'm not. Cause I actually have the Hawks a little higher at my, and I got, I, I got, I don't worry. I'll get there and I'm going to share my points with that. I get, when I get to the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. but number five, I have the Miami heat. That might be a surprise to some people. I actually wanted to put them higher, but then I see the four teams that I have above them. And I'm like, there's no way, there's no way I can have them any higher. I believe defense wins. Miami is very good. They're a very deep team. They just added Kyle Lowry into that starting lineup. That's an I, I love Bam out of Bayou. I love Duncan Robinson. He played for the University of Michigan. I watched him for a long time. I love this team. I think this year too, Tyler Hero has a has a bounce back season, and I think he really solidifies himself as one of the premier young players again. And he puts himself in contention for the sixth man of the year as well. I think big things for Miami this year. The only thing that is stopping me from putting them any higher is I love Jimmy Butler. I love his game. I just don't know if he's the guy you want to rely on, you know, game in and game out as to be your number one score. And I don't know if Bam can do it. I don't know if Kyle Lowry is up for it either, but someone has to step up offensively for Miami in order for me to move them up higher. But right now they are firmly number five. All right. What's up, Jay Hill? Yeah, I don't have the Hawks or, or the Heat at my five seed. At my five seed, I'm playing the waiting game, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting on Ben Simmons oh. to return to oh. Philadelphia and play basketball because if Ben Simmons comes back, I think he we're going to see – and I believe we're going to see a different Ben Simmons, a Ben Simmons who's locked in. And, and it's hard to say. I, it's hard for me to sit here and say this, but I think he's going to take that step and be locked in and a, te- a player that they can rely on. Because he ultimately, he has a lot of proving to do to his teammates, to his organization, uh, to the city of Philadelphia who loves basketball and is totally invested in that team. And I, I, he, he's going to understand that if he has any desire to play for, for the Sixers, he knows it's going to come at a cost and it's going to come at a cost where he's going to have to, you know, sacrifice his pride. He's going to get booed and he just has to accept that. But I believe that they're, they're bringing back, you know, most of the same players. I love Tyrese Maxey um, as a, as a, you know, emerging player in his second year, obviously they've got the, the second place finisher and, and votes of the MVP 
Joel Embiid, who wants an MVP as well. And he knows the only way he's going to be able to do that is if the team's successful. So, and Doc Rivers, he's a championship coach, regardless of his past, you know, few seasons in the league, you know, with the Clippers, his stint there wasn't successful or, you know, I, I would label it as that. Uh, and then with Philadelphia, he's had kind of, you know, a shaky go of it. But I think this year they, they might all come together to get a fifth seed and potentially higher if, if everything works out. But and then also look to them to be aggressive. If they bring in Ben and they realize, hey, this isn't working out. Maybe they're going to call on uh, Portland and, and say, hey, Dame, we're, we're, you, you're struggling over there. We, we want to get rid of Ben over here. And if they get Dame, I don't know. But Boy. that's enough of that. But I'm saying with their current roster, they're the fifth seed. Who do you th- who do you think Philly chooses, Doc Rivers or Ben Simmons? If Ben Simmons says, I'll come back, you got to get rid of Doc, you think Philly does it, or do you think Philly just lets Simmons go? In my – what's up, yeah. Jay? What do you think? I think they're keeping Doc, honestly. I, I think they keep Ben. I think they keep Ben, and the reason why I think they keep Ben is because the, I think that the NBA in just, since, like, 2011, 2012 has become a real – player uh ran league a real player ran league and i think that they're going to be like all right doc well you could just go we'll find another coach we won't find another ben well i should say this actually it won't come to eat down to either doc or ben i think they made it clear that joel Embiid is the centerpiece and that that franchise goes what he says goes so if he wants to keep doc ben's gone if he wants to keep ben Ben Stain. That's what I, what I think it will ultimately come down to. So I shouldn't say that it's Doc or Ben. I think it's what Joel wants. Yeah, yes, definitely. This might be a hot take, but I think Doc Rivers is fired before Ben Simmons is traded. Ooh. Ooh. That's my hot take for the okay. podcast. <laughs> oh, I like okay. that one, man. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And I, I don't – I can't say, oh, no, no way. Uh, that's a realistic thing that might happen. At this point, at this point in Philadelphia, guys, there's nothing that's like out of the possibility. Like, I did not think Ben Simmons was going to return, and then all of a sudden he returned. Just nothing's out of the possibility. It's a movie right now. This is a movie <laughs> for real, man. Oh, all right, man. man. So then, oh, so then let's let's keep it pushing, man, and let's talk about this fourth seed. And honestly, guys, you you starting to make me doubt myself. I have the Bulls, and you guys have the Bulls in the eighth seed, guys. Man, look at this, guys. I really wanted to. Um, like I, 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 to be real with you, I put them here because, like how we said, the on paper roster, and when you look at it on paper, it all it also fits, man. Because I mean, like look, look at this for the start of the season, they're gonna have a starting lineup of Lonzo Ball, who's gonna be the point guard, with the orchestrating, running all that. Zach Levine, a proven bucket getter at really anywhere on the court. Demar Derozan, man, he gets to the hoop, and like how you said, uh, Lance, you know, he open he opens up, creates shots for so many other people just by him being on the court, just by his presence. His presence out there, uh, Patrick Williams, who's who I, in my opinion, is going to take a huge leap this year. I, I liked him a lot in the Bulls, and you know, there's a, there's a thing to be said when you when there's great players around. When you know you're playing with great players, you rise to that level and you play to that level. And I think that's being around all these great players is going to help Patrick Williams a lot. And then Vooch, man, you know, Vooch is a, a great offensive player, gives me a lot of defensive concerns, a lot of defensive uh, questions. But offensively, man, I think that this is going to be one of those teams that just comes out there and just tries to outscore you, man. Just tries to straight up outscore you. And um, and Kobe White too. I, I've got to mention my boy Kobe White because he was a he was a starting guard for the Bulls last year, man. So now you bring him off the bench. I think that this is going to definitely, in my opinion, 
he's in my pick for uh, early, early pick for the sixth man of the year. I think he's going to have a huge, huge year, man. So that's why I had to go with the Bulls in the fourth seed. Uh, but I know you guys don't have that. So Lance, who do you got in the fourth seed? So we've talked about him a lot, but I got Philadelphia at number four. I think, you know, I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, I think they work it out. They're pros. You know, they both just want to win. I think that's what it comes down to. Danny Green, I believe, I think it was today or yesterday that he said some along the lines of, yeah, we'll accept him. And, you know, as long as he just comes in, handles his business, be a pro, we're cool with it. If he wants to apologize, fine. If he doesn't, whatever. We're just here to play basketball. Something along those lines. So, you know, I think Philly is going to be – I think they're going to have their hiccups. I think there are going to still be some problems in the locker room. I don't know if Doc Rivers is the coach to get them over the hump. I mean, he is a good coach. I'll give him that. He has the championship with the 08 Celtics. You know, he he did all right with the Clippers as well. But I don't know if Doc Rivers is the guy that can manage those personalities and manage that team to get them deep into the playoffs. Okay. Okay. So, so let me, let me ask you this then Lance. Uh, if, if the, if the 70, if the 76 years go, all right, um, Ben, Ben Simmons, feel, feel free to come back. Do you still have them in the, do you still have them in the fourth seat or do you have them higher? Do you, if they're like, all right, Ben Simmons, let's work it out. We'll talk about it. We're all good. Oh no. I, I projected them. Th- this four seat is with Ben Simmons. That's how I projected them okay. to be. If they don't have Ben Simmons, you know, with Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris and Maxi taking another step, you know, I, I believe they could still be hover around that fourth seed, you know, okay. but I think with Ben Simmons, they're for sure a four seed. And really, I still think they're a team, they have enough talent where they can climb even higher, but four seed for me right now. Okay. All right. W- w- what's up, Jay? What about you? Who's in the fourth seed? No, just real quick to your four seed, uh, John, I think just for the Bulls, from a Bulls standpoint, a team who hasn't made the playoffs since 2017, I think we got to hold, hold, hold the ship right for a little oh, second. Just, just make the playoffs first and then and then we'll talk. That's why I think that's a little too high. But I will say, I got in my fourth seed, I got a team who shocked the world, but I believed in them. And oh, you wow. know who this oh, team wow. is. I know who it is. I got the Atlanta Hawks, a team who, I, when I look up and down their roster, I really don't see any glaring deficiencies. I think they have the shooting. I think defensively, they've got a star in Trey Young. They've got a breakout star uh, in, in John Collins. They've got the the confidence from beating last year, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, knocking off the Knicks, who are a higher seed, then taking out the Sixers, which I predicted. I'm just going to throw that out there. I got the receipts, too. But... <laughs> I just think that the Hawks are ready. They're poised to make that that in the next run. They've got that confidence, like I mentioned, in their belt. They got that swagger. They're so deep. They have Nate McMillan, who's a great coach. He's instilled that confidence in in his players, uh, and he's made that clear. He's got Bogdan Bogdanovich, sorry, who is going to be healthy, hopefully, for the whole season. They got Clint Capella, who's a great, you know, rim running. I mean. That combination between Trey Young and Clint Capella, I mean, it's just unreal. And then you throw John Collins into the mix, who extended his range and can shoot the three. And I mean, he's just, just dunking had on dunk everybody. Of the year. He has the dunk of the year, ridiculous. man. He's dunking on everybody. But I think the Hawks are just only going up. You know, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish on the wings, Kevin Herter. I mean, they, they, I could go on about the Hawks, but for now, I have them at the four seed. But don't be surprised if they end up any higher than if they end up higher than that. 
Man, Jay, honestly, I really want to debate that, but there's just nothing to debate, dog. Like, they are really, they're that, man. In my, and just in my opinion, it's just the, the East just got better, man. But, Jay, you, like, you're right, dog. Like, there's not really too many glaring effects, man. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to, to see the Hawks next year, dog. It's, it's going to be dope, man. All right. So, and then let's keep it pushing, man, and let me go to my third seed. And honestly, guys, besides the Bulls, this team had the best offseason, guys. This team had the best offseason. They were the number six seed last year in this crazy COVID year, right? And they had all these problems. In this offseason, they addressed every single problem that they had last year. They added – I'm talking about the Miami Heat for, for those, those that ain't caught on. I'm talking about the Miami Heat, right? They, they added a, a, a shooter in Kyle Lowry. Also, he's also going to bring backcourt defense. Tyler Hero, great guy, cool guy, dope dude, terrible defender, right? They don't have they don't have any defenders over there. Kyle Lowry is a, a pit bull, man. Like, that's what he's known for. They bring in P.J. Tucker. The Heat's organization is if – I could, if I could pick one person who would embody, it would most likely be around like a P.J. Tucker, man. Just a, I'm going to die on this floor if I have to, and let's go at it and do, do whatever it takes. And then you add another dog like that in Marquise Morris, man. And that just, to me, it really rounds out the team, adds every, uh, adds shooting, adds defense, adds uh, vets, adds just that dog mentality. And at the end of the day, man, I know I know it was uh, in a bubble, and I know it was whatever, you know, people call it asterisk. They still made it to the finals, dog. And they, and they, knows, they know what it takes to get there. And like how you said, Lance, when you were talking about the Heat, defense wins championships, and that's what you know that the Heat are just harping on, dog. So I know it may, it may sound crazy, a third seed, but I definitely got the Miami Heat in my third seed. Lance, talk to me about who you got in that third seed. I really – I want to say two real quick. I forgot about P.J. Tucker in Miami. He is a great addition, adds a lot of versatility. There's so many different combinations they can do with those lineups. They also still have Victor Allen Depot, which I completely forgot about. And, you know, he's a guy who's coming back off an injury – He's going to be looking to get paid this next cup, this next offseason. Watch for him to have a bounce back here. But number three for me, oh man, you know, you had him at Jay Hill, you had him at number four. I have him at number three, the Atlanta Hawks. You know, they are a team that they didn't really lose anybody other than Chris Dunn and Tony Snell. Okay, that's fine. You know, that's cool. You know, but Atlanta, they have experience now getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Trey Young is one of the best young players in the NBA, he was one of two guys under 25 that I would have gave that number one overall pickup for. Just him and Luka Doncic. Trey Young, he is great. John Collins took it to another level, like you guys were saying. He's dunking on everybody. He's a legit 20-8 and eight guy in the NBA. Clint Capella, rim running, Bogdanovich, Kevin Herter hitting threes. The biggest X factor, though, for me this year is Cam Reddish for them. I think he's about to have a huge leap and have a breakout year i mean i think they already got their big three on that team john collins trey young and cam reddish and i'm not going to sleep on the rookie sharif cooper he was a great pickup in the second yeah. round that dude mm -hmm. can play atlanta i don't know why i'm telling people right now on your podcast whoever wants to hear it they're going to be the third seed in the eastern conference this year unless a ton of injuries take them out this is one of the teams that i think everybody is sleeping on don't sleep on them. They're going to go far this year in the Eastern Conference. Oh, man, man. I like that hot take. That was a bold take, Lance. I like that. What's Appreciate up, it. 
No, I would, I, Lance, I wouldn't even consider that a, a hot take, honestly, John. To counter no, that, no, no, I, no, I, I not think... a hot take like that. Not a hot take like, like that's yeah. unlikely to happen. Like, that's just bold. He put okay, it on no, wax. no, 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 you, you said it, you said it, own it, own it. But, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I think, like I said before, with the Hawks, um, they're a team who I, could be a top three seed. Uh, and you, you just further alluded to that, uh, Lance. And, and I, I forgot about Sharif Cooper. They needed a backup point guard bad. We saw last year uh, when Trey Young went out, they really didn't have that guy who could step in and run the show like him. And Sharif Cooper, man, he's looking like a steal, like you mentioned in that second round uh, out of Auburn. But I, I will say uh, in my third seed, I got the Miami Heat. Like, John, you, you you were right. I'm right there with you with, uh, you know, Kyle Lowry adding that championship pedigree guard, the guy they needed to run that offense. And then you mix that with Jimmy Butler, who they're friends. And then Bam out of Bayou at the five. I think defensively, I don't really see it as that much of a question mark because we've seen what Kyle Lowry can do to guys who are bigger than him. Um, he, he's just pure heart, pure grit. Uh, he's going to get in you. He's going to take that charge. He's going to dive on loose ball. And I think that's just going to rub off on the other guys, as, uh, the young guys, even Tyler Hero, who we saw uh, the bubble, the bubble Hall of Famer, Tyler Hero. I think we're going to see him take a, take a leap as well. You know, he said that he's right there, you know, as that quote that he's right there with the young guys in the league. And I truly believe that he can get to that. You know, he had a tough year, uh, battled through some some injuries this past season. Uh, and I think he's going to focus on the right things this year, and I'm hoping that he can do that. And then Vic Aladipo, if he can stay healthy and get back to the Heat, uh, they're going to be a tough out in, in the in the in the Eastern Conference. And don't be surprised if they take a team like Brooklyn uh, or or the Nets or a team in the playoffs to the brink, uh, and maybe even beat them if things go the right way if they see a hobbled Brooklyn or any other team in, in the playoffs as well. Man, the, the Miami Heat are to, are to be on watch, man, especially um, with, with, the, with everything that you guys talk about. And just I just got to double back on Vic because I also forgot about Vic, man. You know, he had this last year where he just was hurt, man. But we, we remember what Pacers Vic looked like. That is a star player on the team. So you add that to a team already full of stars, the Heat are scary. Are the Miami Heat Dark Horse Eastern Conference Finals teams for you guys? Yeah. 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 Potentially. Yeah. Right there with the with the Atlanta Hawks, though, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, man, Miami and Atlanta, those are going to be two scary teams scary this outs. year. They're going to be they're going to be tough teams, and I think a lot of basketball fans are going to be sleeping on them this year. Man, man, oh man. Right there right. with. Yeah, right there with our two seeds, because at this point, it's just a matter of the order. I think both of us have the – all of us have the same two top two seeds. So. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yes, man. But I don't know. I don't know if you guys have my number two seed, dog. I really don't know. And honestly, guys, for my number two seed, I went with the Nets. I know, like, oh, the Nets were number one seed, number one seed. But, guys, like, let's – like, let's – I just felt wrong putting the Nets over the Bucks, the our last year's champion, just because of – three good players who have now become two good players that haven't even really played 20 games, like NBA games together, right? Like chemistry is a real thing. KD, greatest scorer of all time, not a single debate. James Harden, absolutely great player. But I mean, 
that's so disrespectful to the Bucks, who just won a championship, right? Like, call it what you want. If Kyrie wouldn't have got hurt, they wouldn't have won. It doesn't matter. You play who's in front of you. And they they did that, man, and they earned the championship. And for me to put the Nets above them just because of KD, Kyrie, and James Harden, who Kyrie's not going to play, and James Harden and KD ain't even – I mean, they played back in the day. You know, they played back in the day. But this is 10 years later, dog. Things change. I, that's why I got to go with the Nets for the number two seed, man. It's just – too much drama. There's too much drama. I'm over it, honestly, with the Nets. But, but, but Jay, talk to me about who you got in your number two seed. No, I think a lot of those things you mentioned, John, are, are correct about the Nets. A lot of drama, a lot, a lot of BS. Uh, but I got the Bucks, a team who in the regular season uh, is going to have a – whether they like it or not, they're going to have a target on their back. They just want, came off a championship. Uh, they got one of the best players in the game in Giannis. And whether he likes it or not, they got a target. After you win a ring, uh, you got a target on your back. But I will say the confidence that comes with that after winning a ring, you know, with Middleton, with Drew Holiday, with Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and the rest of the crew, adding Dante DiVincenzo back into the mix coming off injury this season, I think they're going to be poised to make a very uh, a strong run and they're going to have that all the confidence in the world to do so. They're going to be a top two seed in the uh, East. And one-two is really floppable for me. Obviously, I have the Nets at one. But they're, Budenholzer, I, I'm hesitant to, to – like, he has the success of the past finals. Will he stick to what got him there and what won the ring? Or will he go back to his old ways? Because I've had a concern – with the adjustments and, and the game plans he goes with uh, previously. And then he stuck to with wor what worked. And that's why they ended up ultimately winning the title. Uh, but who knows if he goes back to his old ways. But I have the Bucks as a very, very semi-two, but they could end up being the one uh, if, if things fall right, too. Okay, what about you, Lance? So number two, I have the Brooklyn Nets. I can't put anybody above Milwaukee. I'll get to that in a second. But Brooklyn, for me, KD and Harden, they are – I mean, man, you lose Kyrie, but, I mean, they're still scary, you know. And I think the offense is better without Kyrie Irving. I love James Harden as a facilitator and a scorer. KD, I'm right with you, man. He is the greatest scorer of all team. There is no debate in my mind. He can do it from everywhere. I like the, you know, the additions they made. I like bringing in a guy like Paul Millsap. He's a veteran. He knows his role. There's still a little game left to him. The only problem is – you know, after you get out of those, we I won't even count Kyrie just because he won't be playing this year. But after KD and Harden, it's a big drop-off in talent. They're a very top-heavy team. So I have them at number two. But if anything happens to KD or Harden, this is a team that I don't think they live up to the potential just because they're so top-heavy. I don't know who picks – they don't need – they don't need just one person to pick up the slack scoring because you have so much coming from Harden and KD, but each and every night they're going to need someone else to pick up the scoring that is without, cause they don't have Kyrie anymore. I don't know who it's going to be. I know it's not going to be one player. It's going to be someone new every single night. I don't know if you can win games that way without having that third guy, that third option solidified someone that you can go to when KD and Harden are out, whether they're on the bench or whatever. It's going to be tough for Brooklyn this year, even though they got two Hall of Famers 
on their team, even without Kyrie Irving. Then, uh, I mean, my number one seed is pretty clear. I think we've all could, could do the math here. And that we understand that it's the Milwaukee Bucks, man. I just like how you said, Lance. I just have a hard time putting the Nets, a team that hasn't, like, you know, they have great players on paper. They have great players that are doing it. But I need to see it. I need to see it, man. And I saw it with the Bucks. So I just have a hard time putting the Nets uh, over the Bucks because of players who haven't really haven't, – hasn't proven to us at that, at that NBA level yet. But, uh, but Lance, talk to me about why why you can't put the Nets over the Bucks. Man, it's – you know, they got their big three. They got Giannis, who is the modern-day Shaq, whether people want to accept that or not. They got Chris Middleton. You know, if you look at his box scores, he's a lot like J.R. Smith in that he never gets to his averages. Either he's above them or below them. But, man, the dude comes up clutch no matter what at the end of games. Um, Drew Holiday, love him in that role as the third option. He's one of the most – one of the best defenders at that guard position. He's good offensively. You have um, Dante DiVincenzo. You have Grayson Allen, who they just added. You know, they got Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, who has, you know, modified his game to be able to play in in today's NBA. They also added Rodney Hood. He's a little inconsistent, but when he gets going, he's good. This is just a deep team now. Even though they lost P.J. Tucker, who I think is a huge piece, I do think someone can step up in his role that is currently on this team. But Milwaukee, even though they lost um, P.J. Tucker, they didn't lose that much. And they also added George Hill, forgot him. They also added him into the offseason. I think somehow the Milwaukee Bucks got better despite losing P.J. Tucker. And that's why they're my number one team. Okay. So, Jay, talk to us about why you had to put the Nets over the Bucks. It's one reason. <laughs> one reason only. They have, you know who he is. We all know who he is. And that's the Slim Reaper. That's Kevin Durant. They have Kevin Durant, who I think is the best player in the world right now. And in game seven, let's not forget what happened. A hobbled Brooklyn Nets team with an injured James Harden. Call it what you want. He was not James Harden. Uh, the guy was throwing up bricks. And we saw a team who went toe-to-toe with the champions and was an inch away from being in the championship themselves. And I I just – I find it hard to believe with a healthy team, regardless of what happens to Kyrie, you want to throw him into the mix even better. I think they will be the number one seed in the East in the regular season and go on to the title if they have a healthy James Harden and Kevin Durant regardless of, you know, what happens with Kyrie. If he's added to the mix, like you guys already mentioned, to my point, he's one of the best scorers, greatest scorers of all time. So if you add one of the greatest scorers of all time to two of the greatest scorers of all time themselves, James Harden and Kevin Durant, there's no stopping them. And and adding to the mix, uh, Patty Mills, who I think was a great addition off the bench, might take some pressure off Joe Harris. But I think we need to see Joe Harris take that step in the playoffs. He did. He was a great player in the regular season, but when they needed him most in the, uh, in the playoffs, he didn't hit the shots that he needed to hit. He was, you know, awful. Uh, and as Doug came on our show and talked about as well, uh, Joe Harris and the guys around them, Blake Griffin included, um, and, and some other role players, we've seen the uh, emergence of Bruce Brown as well, uh, who I'd like to, to throw in there. But, I think the Nets, with with two of the top five players in, in the game right now, are going to be a tough out and are going to be top at the top of the East. 
but they'll be toe and toe with the Bucks. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're going to finish at the top of the East and eventually go on to win the championship. And it's title title or bust this year as well. So they got pressure on. Them. Okay, Jay. Let me. Let me. What's up, oh, Lance? Go ahead. Oh no, go on. I'll ask after this. Uh, no, after I, you I, I just I just had a question, Jay. So you know, so you know, me and Lance, we both uh, we both talked about our concerns when it comes to the Nets being so top heavy, right? Like we know Kyrie's. So far, as far as today, as far as October 14th, Kyrie's, you know, say he's not, he's not, Nash just came out and said, if you're not going to be part of this team, the full, full part of the team, then don't be part of the team. So then it's going to be a KD and a James Harden. So let me ask you, Jay, if, uh, it, you know, a, a KD goes down with, um, you know, minor injury, a, a, a little ankle or James Harden goes down with a little ankle, you know, just some, you know, not, not the hugest thing. They'll be back in a couple of weeks. How do you feel about the Nets then? Because then it's just it's it's a one way team. It's just KD or just James Harden. And how do you feel about them about them being able to hold up? And do you, does that concern you as far as like the drop off? Will they they'll climb down that rankings from where if they were at one? James Harden gets hurt. Uh, do you have any concern with there? No, I've seen Kevin Durant carry a team on his back uh, with a lesser supporting cast in the Warriors. I've seen it firsthand. Um, when, when, and what year? When, there was times when there was times when Clay, uh, sorry, yeah. when Steph was out, man. But was they still had Clay. They still had Draymond. Come on. There was times when, when there's times when two of them were out, and and Come it on, was Jay. the other two. Eighty-two but, game nah, season. Hey, 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 hey. Eighty-two game finish. season. Let me, Jay. Hey, let me let me answer Jay. your question. Let me answer your question. <laughs> Kevin Durant can carry a team on his back. Rest assured, with with he can carry the load in the Eastern Conference, guaranteed. And James Harden, we've seen what he can do with a, a not so talented squad uh, in Houston, uh, a team of let's let's be honest, like role players aside from Chris Paul or you know uh, Russell Westbrook. So he he's he's obviously you know survived and, and thrived with a, a lesser roster as well. And I think that both of them can do it. Obviously, if an injury happens to either one of them, if an injury happens to Giannis, what are they? What are the Bucks going to do? But, Anything but can be they have. Bet, they have, they're not so top heavy. The, the Bucks are. They have so many. They have other players down the line that if Giannis goes down, yes, that that's going to hurt any team. The best player goes down, but you don't get hurt as much. With as far as with the Nets, you know, if a KD goes down for a little bit, it is just a James Harden out there. That and then and that's that. That's the point that me and Lance are talking about. With as far as. They might drop. They might drop down. Give me James Harden over Chris Middleton any day of the week. Give me Kevin Durant over Drew Holiday any day of the week. If we're going to to their to the next next best guy on the Bucks, if that's how you're you're lining it up. Okay, but uh, but uh, agree. But a basketball team isn't two people. It's five, and the Nets have really realistically two re two real <laughs> options that are going to play this year. If Kyrie played three real real options. I got a question. Okay, so let's say James Harden or Kevin Durant go down. I'm asking – I'm not asking – I'll ask both of you, actually. You guys can both answer this because I'm curious, and I'll give my thoughts. If one of them goes down, we'll just say – if let's say James Harden, let's say he has a hamstring injury like he did last year, it reoccurs, and he goes out for a number of games. Where do you see Brooklyn? I still see them in the playoffs. I'm with you, Jay. I think, I think Kevin Durant can carry a team. I don't think – individually alone with the roster the way it is without James Harden and Kyrie Irving that Brooklyn is a number one seed but where do you see them in the playoff order where do you see them one through eight with just KD on um, as the number one guy uh, with just KD 
Go ahead, James. No, let's just put it – well, I'm saying with a healthy roster, with James Harden and Kevin Durant, they are the one seed. So to answer okay. your question, John – well, well, that's not – that's just a caveat. But to, for um, – to answer that, if one of them goes out, I'd see them as a four or five – the top four seed, five seed. Um, if one of them goes down, I think they, they are the caliber of players uh, to be that uh, in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that, that, that's definitely where, where I would have him. And that's even as to why I have him in, in my second seed, man, is because if that, if that does happen, if it was just one of them out there, I do think that, that they were dropped anywhere from that, uh, that three to five seed, man. So, um, so, so, th- so that's why, but what, what about you, Lance? Where, where would you think they would land if they had only one of them? So if they just had Kevin Durant, I see them no higher than the fourth seed with that team. And like, and that is giving Kevin Durant a ton of praise. It's just, I look at this roster without a James Harden, without a Kyrie Irving. And I mean, obviously neither of us, none of us hope that that happens. We want to see all these teams be healthy for the season, but for the sake of conversation, if Kevin Durant was just the only guy and KD, because we already know Kyrie's out. If James Harden goes down, I can see KD leading this team to the fourth seed in the Eastern conference. You know, in years prior, I could have seen him, lead them to the number one team, but this East is loaded. We've already talked about that a ton on this podcast. So I will say to answer my own question, Brooklyn would be the fourth seed if they just had Kevin Durant, but I got a question for you guys. Is this the last time? Do you think we see Kyrie Irving play again in a Brooklyn Nets uniform this season or next season? Or do you think his time in Brooklyn is done? Hmm. That well, that that's a loaded question there, Larry. Well, because they said they weren't going to extend him this offseason. Right, so I'm just wondering right. what your guys' thoughts no, are. Yeah, and I think that's a huge question for them. But I ultimately think they got to be a little fed up there in Brooklyn. Uh, you have to. KD brought the brought Kyrie over. Obviously, they have a good friendship. Uh, Harden, good friends with the both of them, and they brought them over for a reason, and that's to win an NBA championship. And if he's not adding to the mix, uh, it's hard to say that he's going to stay or they, they have any reason to keep him. Because at the end of the day, you have your friendships. You can have um, – like all, you can be the best of friends off the court, but at the end of the day, we've seen teams have made it clear it's a business. And if you're not adding to the win total or you're not adding to the culture, which as much as I love Kyrie as a player, he's had his question marks. Does he want to play basketball? I don't know. I know he has his belief, and I'm not talking about that. But is he going to help to the Brooklyn Nets winning basketball games? And if he's not, I think he could be on his way out to answer your question. Yeah, to answer your question, Lance, I I think that he he wants to. Now I'm thinking about the question. I was like, man, he might come back like Ben Simmons and this, this, and that. But as I'm thinking about it, man, like first of all, I mean, we know Kyrie's so stubborn. He's he he he's set on what he's doing. But also when we look at like the state mandate, like if they're not going to move it for like if it was an NBA rule, like, OK, but it's a state mandate. They're not going to move it for Kyrie. And at this point, if Kyrie, if they give Kyrie any special treatment, the rest of the players in the league are going to be tripping. They're going to be like, what? Like, what is the deal? You're going to give Kyrie a special treatment. He's the only one that can do this. So in my opinion, man, I think that the Brooklyn Nets are going to realize, like, you know what? Like it's 
it, it, Kyrie's great, but he's bringing way too many problems, way too much attention. Like last year, you know, when he left for you know his mental health break, man, I, I'm with it. I'm, I'm with the mental health break. I'm with all of that, dog. But my problem is, how are we going to find a video of you in the club dancing, right? Like, you're not showing up to practice. You're not hitting nobody up. And then we're going to see a video of you dancing in the club. And then you're going to explain and say, I was on a mental health break. Like, that would piss me off if I'm, a, if I'm the Nets owner, right? If I'm the Nets, I'm like, bro, what are you doing? You know, they gave up so much to, to have him there. They could have gone after so many other players. So I just, I just, uh, to me, nah. Man. Do you, so my thing is like, I get it. Like all the stuff he does off the, off the court, like he bought backpacks for a ton of kids. He, you know, he um, paid for college for, I think nine students. He's done some incredible things off the floor, but strictly basketball speaking and really just in sports, if you're a professional athlete, people will put up with you as long as you can continue to produce on the floor. But in Kyrie Irving's case, you're not producing on the floor. So I don't expect Brooklyn to re-sign him. And I don't even know if Brooklyn can actually trade him because even though he is talented, but what all, all three of us have said, like he's kind of a headache, you know, as a player, as a teammate. And He's kind of a problem, and I just I, – I, I don't see Brooklyn putting up with it. Like, they're they're obviously not by telling him, hey, if you can't fully participate, we're not going to allow you around team facilities. I think it becomes – he's – you know, his teammates are like, man, we need you. This is playoff championship or bust. We're, we don't have you. So this kind of ends our hopes of what we're trying to do. And really, I'm starting to think, man, maybe Kyrie Irving – I don't think he retires from the NBA, but it might be hard for him to get a job in the NBA coming up next season. Cause I don't know any NBA franchise that is willing to put up with this, you know, going forward. And again, it just comes down to, can he produce? Absolutely. Can he produce at a high level? Yes, he can. But if he's not on the floor, he can't produce in stupid stuff like this that is going on. Unfortunately has caused Kyrie Irving to is going to cause Kyrie Irving to miss time. And I just think, you know, for Brooklyn's sake, they're out. And I think really a majority of the NBA teams may look at Kyrie and be like, you know what? For as talented as he is, he's just not worth it. And man, that's kind of that, that that's another hot take I wanted to drop on this uh, podcast. Man. Nah, I'm right there with you, man. I just man, yeah. Kind of just took the words right out of my mouth. Took the words right out of my mouth. Man, this this Kyrie situation is just is frustrating, man. It's, yeah. it's it's very frustrating, man. Especially you know when you think about it, so many people just dream about having the job that he has, like just dream and fantasize about it. He's treating it this way, man. But whatever, whatever, Kyrie. Yeah. All right, man. So so you know that so that 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 wraps it up right there, man. That was our list, uh, one through fifteen, our Eastern Conference predictions, man. So uh, we, we're gonna do this little we do this little thing right here on on Clutch Talk. We have this uh we have our league pass team to watch you know it's, we know you got the everything pistons pod we know you we know you hold them down for the pistons we know jay hill is a dub nation faithful baby we know i'm over here repping the lakers but we all got our we all got our teams we got to be on league pass so we watching this year so lance do you got your league pass team ready what team are you excited for this year besides the pistons man so a team i got I always have a couple teams every year that I really follow that I enjoy watching. I don't know why I picked them, but I just do. And Charlotte out of the East, their team I'm, I will league pass with. I'm going to the Pistons home opener next week on October 20th. And one of my friends, he wants to get tickets to the Charlotte game when they come to Detroit. So I might be going to that game as well. That's going to be really exciting for me out of the Western conference. I love 
the Dallas Mavericks. I'm a huge Luka Doncic fan. I love watching him play. And I love watching the Phoenix Suns play as well. I'm a huge Devin Booker fan as well. He's from Grand Rapids. He's, you know, he grew up 45 minutes away from me. I'm going to be watching the Phoenix Suns as well. So I got three league pass teams this okay. season. All right. Jay, what's up? Where's your league pass team? Yeah, well, when when the fans are hearing this, though, I've already heard my team in the West, obviously the Timberwolves, but my my league pass, like Lance said, is is the, is the Charlotte Hornets. Um, and who goes without question? They're so such a fun team to watch. I love seeing what Lamelo does with the ball. We don't even know where the next pass is going, honestly. But the the Hornets are a great fun team to watch. And then in person. Uh, I'm right here in Toronto, so I'm going to, by nature, just flock to whatever Raptor game I can get to. They need to lower those prices, though, but I'm <laughs> going to try to make it out to whatever game I can. Uh, one game I already have marked down is when when the dubs come to town, so I'm definitely going to check out that. Oh, yeah. All right, Jay. I, I, I like those two teams. You got to re represent the six over there. <laughs> All right. Well, what's up, Lance? Oh, I just wanted to say, for people that are listening, if you want to get I shouldn't even say I, – I, maybe this isn't true for every team, but I met a Pistons ticket rep, and he gave me incredible discounts on tickets. I, I, I want to tell everybody listening, if you're a basketball fan, you're trying to get to a game, try to get connected with a ticket rep. They can offer you huge discounts to your favorite team to go watching. Like, I'm literally sitting 10 rows behind the bench at the Pistons, and it cost me $80 a ticket. Like, I'm pretty excited – and I mean, maybe that's just because it's the Pistons. They're not very good. They haven't been for a while. But like, meet a meet a ticket rep for your local team, and I I guarantee you they will give you discounts on tickets for you to go to games. Maybe you have to buy a package. Maybe some reps make you do that. The rep I got, I can do single game, and he offers me substantial discounts on the uh, on games. So I'll just say that that's my that, that's a little advice I'm going to drop to people right now. Just meet a ticket rep for your team. Lance, how Lance did you meet a? Plug. How did you meet a? Uh, Lance, the plug. I like that. <laughs> Lance, how did you meet a ticket rep? I'm trying to meet one. Was it just right time, yeah. right place, or what? Okay, so this is actually really funny. Um, so in in Michigan, well, really in the city of Detroit, well, really, even let me break it down more than that. Little Caesars Arena, where the Pistons play, also where the Red Wings play, they have this 75 mile rule this season. Like if you live. 75 miles away from Little Caesars Arena, you can't actually buy tickets. So on the Pistons subreddit, shout out to Tommy from Driving to the Basket podcast. He moderates that for him. He's awesome. Let me, he, I, someone put out there, hey, has anybody heard of this 75 mile rule? And I clicked, yeah, I tried to buy tickets, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't buy them, you know, because of my address. Someone was like, hey, man, if you need help, feel free to send me a private message. I don't know who it was. So I was like, ah, whatever. I'll take a blind leap of faith. Messaged him, turned out to be a rep on Reddit, and he sent me an email to give me uh, discounts on tickets. So that's how I met my ticket rep on Reddit. The internet is amazing. You can find anything you need. Well, well, you know, for all the fans, go make sure you hit Reddit if you want to get some discount for a game, man. Jeez. All right, man. All right, well, well, then we, we can go ahead and close it off here. I'll finish off by saying my League Pass team, uh, when this episode, like how Jay Hill said, when this episode comes out, the Western one will be out. That my league pass team was the Grizzlies. Before the Eastern Conference, man, I really want to go with the Hornets too because they got my boy Humley Diddley do Miles Bridges. But I gotta go with the team you guys were just not showing no love to. I gotta show go with the Bulls, man. The, I'm really excited for the Bulls to see 
to see the white mamba out there, to see Zach Levine, to see DeMar DeRozan. I'm, I'm very, very, very excited, man. Uh, so, uh, so Jay, you, you, as we uh, wrap up here, you got any last words you want to say to Lance? Maybe I got a, my made a journey down to catch a piston game too. I mean, that's not that far of a drive. I'm, that, they got, <laughs> they got some reasonable price tickets now that my God Lance said it, and I don't have the 75 mile rule too. So, I'm gonna check it out. Um, but nah, Lance, always appreciate you coming on the show. We'll definitely have you back. Uh, check out the Everything Pistons pod uh, as well. And, and Lance, do you want to say anything to the to the guests, to the Man. fans? Right? Just, uh, you know, check out the Everything Pistons podcast if you're interested in the Pistons. You know, it's a fun podcast. We do it every week. Every Sunday we record, we release those podcasts on Monday morning at 6 a.m. Every week. We've interviewed some pretty cool guests. We're always trying to find people to come on and talk about the Pistons with us. But you can follow me on Twitter, at Lance Caprosi. And I'm going to extend the invite to you, man. You make it down to Michigan, we'll go to a game together. So sure. I'm more than happy to meet with you. Like I enjoy talking with both of you. Actually, really, the invites extended to both of you guys. If you ever find your way in Michigan, hit me up. I'm always down to hang out and go to a game with you guys. Man, we appreciate sure. that. Appreciate man. that. We do, we do, man. So I have to take you out. Yeah, <laughs> dude, do <laughs> real, it, man. Real, Jay. <laughs> you're gonna get a Lance. You're gonna get a call from me and Jay Hill in the middle of the night. Lance, we in Detroit. What's up? <laughs> I'll be there, man. All right, man. Yeah. Well. For all the fans, man, like Lance said, make sure you go check out all of his content. Again, it's going to be all in the description down below. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and that's it, man. We out of here, y'all. Clutch Talk out. Peace. After you take Brandy to the prom, you coming back to school with shades on your head. Literally looks like a jersey that you would leave out on the side of the street to get picked up by the garbage company like the next day. Me and Matt say we're 6'4", but I think we're each probably an inch shorter than that. Me rounding up hurts nobody helps everybody. Basketball tales so strange, you didn't know that you didn't know them. So listen up, y'all. It's NBA Storytime, available wherever you get your podcasts.